Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. Today's episode is about CNN's downside of working from home. They recently published an article on their website that caught my attention, and it talks about the downside of working from home. So I'm going to go in that today. What applies to clinical research from that article? What does not apply to clinical research from that article? And why clinical research professionals should not really be worried about these downsides put in this article about the downsides of working from home. But before we go into that, I just want to share with you guys some very, very exciting news that I received from one of my clients in the resume review program. I am super stoked about this. We worked together Sunday night and Monday night this week. This is January 24th, as you can see, uh, probably on my screen now. Uh, this is January 24th, a Thursday that I'm recording this video. And we worked together literally Sunday night, Monday night. She had her interview on Tuesday and she already got an offer for an in-house CRA level two position. Not level one, guys. You already know it's hard enough to get back into the industry, but an in-house CRA level two, she got offered that today. So shout out to you. You know who you are. Just want to let you guys know about that uh, because she did email me over some questions that they did ask her. So I will record another video about that some questions that uh, she received during her interview. But as always, she did do the resume review program with me, but she did buy the top tier package. She did do that. And that comes with an interview uh, prep. So we did that Monday night before the interview and she killed it. I could tell she killed it because they came with an offer so fast, just two days after the interview. So they must really have liked her. And she had some pretty good experience also that were able to tweak on her resume. Um, but I think most of all, we we just worked on the confidence in seeing a lot of the questions that I ask in my customized question set show up during her interview for the in-house CRA position. So just want to shout her out and shout and give that information to all of you guys too, because uh, I know a lot of people have been emailing me about the program, and I'm sure you're curious if it's working or not. So she said she would write a testimonial also, so I'll add that to the resume review testimonials. But just wanted to share that with you guys before I go into today's episode. So today's episode is about the downside of working from home, as we mentioned before. And for those listening on the podcast, sorry, you're not going to be able to see my screen for this one. But uh, I'm going to you know, read as much as I can to you. And for those watching on YouTube, you should be able to see my screen now. So we got the downside of working from home. So the article starts out you know, saying a, a growing number of people are working out of the office, as, as we all know this. Uh, you know, According to a 2018 Gallup poll, 43% of Americans say they work remotely, at least sometimes. But even as this kind of work, working arrangement becomes increasingly common, some managers still value in-house workers over those that they can't see. So here's the punchline. Research shows remote workers could be missing out on opportunities available only to in-office in workers because managers still value FaceTime above all else, even when it doesn't seem to have a direct effect on an individual employee's performance. And they go on to say, not all offices are prone to this kind of bias. Some jobs, of course, require a lot of travel or away from desk work as part of the role. And, uh, you know, Basically, the punchline is there is this unconscious perception of people who are seen around the office during regular working hours and outside of regular hours as dedicated, reliable, committed, and dependable. 
So basically what this article is trying to say that because you're able to be seen by your coworkers, your colleagues, your boss, and other managers, that you will be getting a lot of the in-office perks and things, you're more likely to get a promotion or anything like that, a bonus, because they can see you rather than someone who is, uh, you know, not office-based and is, a, and is remote. Now, I think clinical research is, is, is in its own little bubble with this because remote work and clinical research is built into the fabric at this point. If you've ever worked for a CRO or, it, or a pharma company, you know that there are, company, there are people in the company based all around the world that you literally work with, especially as a, as, in a CRO. I worked for a global CRO. Half the team was based in another country. So we are, we are, you know, even though I'm coming into the office, you know, my manager was based in another country and we had to work that time schedule out just to, just to be able to meet, to have one-on-ones. But even like on the project team, you've got data manager based in Amsterdam. You've got TMF team based in France. You've got another, you know, project manager assistant based in England. So you're having to, you know, work and use these tools like Skype and WebEx and email and all the and phone and all these things anyway. You're not talking to the people face to face that you're actually working with anyway. So I don't think that FaceTime bias really, really affects you if you're working in a global CRA in a global CRO or a global pharma company because you're not getting the FaceTime anyway. Uh, and those are really, really good skills to to learn and master anyway, even if you do work with people that are in the same office as you. So I don't think because of that, we're not really getting much FaceTime that there's gonna be as much of an unconscious, unconscious perception of people who are seen around the office to be more reliable, committed, dependable, like the article says. So I don't think that really applies to clinical research in the same way it could apply to other, to other industries because of that fact. And then another important fact that keep in mind in clinical research is if they are, if, if you do see that they are giving people more perks and bonuses and things of that nature because they're in the office more, you can always leave in clinical research. It is not uncommon for people to have many jobs within their first few years in the industry. It is not looked down upon, you aren't punished because of it, and they definitely don't dock your salary because of it either. People jump all the time, they call it jumping. People jump from company to company all the time in clinical research, and it has no bearing on your career whatsoever. It is very, very common. Uh, turnover is really, really high. And I actually recently saw an article about you know CROs wanting to limit the turnover right now. So they're going to probably start releasing some a lot more incentives and things throughout the rest of the year to uh, limit the employee turnover. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. A lot of industries aren't like that. You've got to work three years, four years, uh, get a couple promotions before you're allowed to jump or else companies are going to think that you're unreliable, that you're unloyal. You know, one person thinks that because you had three jobs in three years that you're unloyal, whereas another person, they're going to say you're experienced because you've had three different experiences. So it's, it's just one side of the coin and versus another. Um, but look, I mean... The times are changing. People that are, are young are definitely more used to using the technology. And I think you can get a lot of that in clinical research. Definitely people on the lower end of the totem pole tend to be younger and more able to use the technology. You know, the older generation just adopted it where we were born with it. 
to reference that old Bane quote from the Batman. So, look, I mean, there, there's definitely this bias out there potentially for people that aren't really used to the technology. But for the younger folk, the people that are coming up in clinical research now, we're so used to the technology, FaceTime, texting. Um, I mean, I guess we don't really talk on the phone as much as we used to. But definitely those two that not really seeing people face to face is perfectly fine for us. Um, so, I mean, look, in clinical research is very conservative in certain aspects of it uh, when it comes to like new technology being introduced. But surprisingly, this remote work is something that is not uh, very conservative with. They're not very conservative with. And you can tell, I mean, some companies will allow their won't, won't allow their entry level employees to work from home. You typically got to be like a project manager, you know, basically like after you get a decent promotion and up um, after probably the first year and a half or so working in a CRO or pharma, they may let you, you know, work from home eventually, uh, you know, one day a week and then bump that up to two days a week and so on and so forth. So people are, you know, taught from an early start in clinical research that you can work from home and work remotely. So I don't think this really applies to clinical research at all. And I know I've kind of done a video on this on the past, in the past, but this is something that's becoming more and more apparent in other industries. So I just wanted to touch on it again here in early 2019, how remote work is definitely going to be something of the future because you don't need to hire a workforce that lives within a five to 10 mile radius of the office. You can hire a workforce that lives almost anywhere, you know, throughout the whole entire time zone if necessary. So that's something just to keep in mind. And, uh, you know, you guys can go check out the article yourself. You see the link uh, here, and I'll also put it in the description uh, if you want to read the full article. But just wanted to touch on that for you guys. I uh, hope this episode was uh, great and probably, probably what you expected with clinical research if any of you guys have entered in the field already or for those that are wanting to get in, you can kind of understand why the culture of clinical research is focused around remote work and why it's really not a big deal in clinical research and why that's something you can look forward to if you got a family, if you got kids, or you just want a more flexible schedule. You know, working from home is really, really awesome to not have to wake up an hour, an hour and a half, two hours before you have to get into work. You know, oftentimes when I work from home, I wake up, you know, five minutes before I have to get on. And then, you know, you can do your thing, you know, slowly get ready throughout the day. So, all right, guys. That's it for today's episode. Email me, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com for any inquiries you may have, resume review program, or any type of interview preparation. Uh, a lot of people have trouble with behavioral style questions. So I'll do uh, my own personal question set, uh, customized for you. If you want to be a study coordinator, you got a different question set than if you want to be in-house CRA. I'll throw in some of those questions that they do like to like those uh, different positions. So it is a customized question set for the position that you are interviewing for. So if you're interested, email me eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. And man, we've had some great results so far. So don't miss out. Take care.